Well, it's my joy to be with you this morning and to, sh- to prepare to share God's word. I bring you greetings on behalf of our lead pastor, Pastor Jim and Janice Ryan. Right now, as we speak, they are leading a team to, in Israel, and they're having, they're having a great time. So pray for them that God would not only just give them traveling mercies, but that they would come back safely. So if you happen to be a first-time guest with us today, I encourage you, please come back and hear the heart of our lead pastor when he returns from this great trip. But it is always my privilege to share God's word with you, and uh, thank you so much for for being with us today, and we hope that God richly impacts your heart today. Well, we're continuing on the subject of growing together. As you know, we started out this year with our theme of connecting, because we absolutely want you to connect And one of the things that we've been emphasizing this month has been small groups. We want you to be a part of small groups. And as I was getting ready for this message, I was starting to think in my mind of all the many small groups that I've seen growing up through the years. I mean, I'm talking about small groups that have entered all of our hearts never to leave us. I'm talking about Grammy-winning small groups. In fact, I put a list of them together, and I want you to check them out. Take a look at the screen of these amazing small groups. Anybody recognize any of those small groups? Hey, now listen, if you know this, don't let me down at 11 o'clock, okay? Eight, at 9 o'clock wasn't with me, all right? But finish this. Step by step. All right, yeah, you know that. Now listen, while those are indeed small groups, those are not the small groups that I'm talking about today. But they are indeed small groups. What we are talking about is small groups that come together for encouragement accountability, and fellowship. We are absolutely convinced here at Westover Hills that God never intended for you to journey alone. And one of the ways that we want you to receive accountability, receive fellowship, and receive encouragement is when you get involved in a life group. And I want to talk to you about life groups and how you can, what they're designed for and how you can do life together. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to open up to Romans chapter 12, verse 5. Now we're going to start there and we're going to visit quite a few scriptures. So I encourage you just kind of keep that app open, keep your Bible in your lap. Um, and as we go through this, what we're going to do is kind of look then and there in scripture and then bring it to us here and now today. But here's what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 5. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. If, you're, if you can highlight, I would highlight member and belongs. Do you know that being a Christ follower is not just about believing but belonging? And then you can take it a step forward, a next step, and it's about becoming all that God wants you to be. Being a Christ follower is not just believing, but it's belonging and becoming and just experience everything that God has for your life. 
And while Paul, in this verse, in Romans chapter 12, he's describing the body of Christ, which is just a massive body of Christ, hundreds of thousands of people. While he's doing that, I believe that we see the heartbeat of God in this verse because Paul takes it down to the individual, and that's where he uses that word member because it speaks about you and I individually. And when I see that, here's what I read. Here's what I hear. I hear that you matter to God. That you absolutely matter to God, and because you matter to God, you matter to us. And the way that we respond to that in many different ways, one of those ways is life groups. Finding a place where you can connect and do life together. Because here's what I have experienced in my, Christ, in my walk with Christ. That the moment I become isolated, that's the moment that the enemy wants to pounce on me. The moment that we separate ourselves from the body of Christ, when we get in isolation, that is a very dangerous moment. That's why beyond the worship service, coming here together and worshiping as we've done today and as we do on Wednesday night, beyond that, we want you to be connected to the body of Christ and not just live off a weekend service or a Wednesday night service. Because if you do that, you will find yourself getting isolated, and that's exactly the tactics of the enemy. If he can get you isolated and disconnected from the body, when those moments come, it's not if they come, but when they come, he's going to knock you off your feet, and you need to be connected to the body of Christ so that when those days come, you are prepared. And sometimes the misconception is once you experience Christ that you're good. You don't need to do anything else. And I think Pastor Jim, last week, if you were here, he just, ex- just expressed it in such a powerful way. Now, he told us, as you know, our mission statement is, say it with me, making new and making great. Oh, we can do so much better than that. Come on. Making new and making great. We look at making new is when you experience salvation in Christ. But that's not where we, want, we need to stay. We need to take it one more step and go walk into a making great life. And making great is a process. And one of the ways that you can get involved and, and get on that pathway is to get connected to a, to a life group. You know, being part of the body of Christ is not just, it's not about a t-shirt or a secret handshake. It's not about just attending a weekend service, but it is about staying connected to the body of Christ. Galatians 6.10 says this, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. We want you to belong. We don't want you only to attend. Believing without belonging is like being on a remote island all by yourself with all the money in the world, with no one to share it with, and nowhere to shop. We don't want you to be isolated. We want you to be connected. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 says this, Now you are no longer strangers to God but foreigners and foreigners to heaven. But you are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, and you belong, there's that word again, in God's household with every other Christian. Can I tell you, we want you to belong. And what better way to belong than taking a step of faith and either leading a life group or getting connected to a life group. Now, I want to just for a moment look at the church history just for a couple of minutes because when you go back to the book of Acts, which is such a powerful book, an exciting book. In fact, I encourage you this week, if you'll just take some time and read through the book of Acts, it will, it will really encourage you. But during that time, it was also very tough for the church. 
We recognize in the book of Acts that was the beginning of the church and what we know today. But there was two things that they were challenged with. One, being a Christian during that time was illegal. So you were either one, you were, you, you were going to be persecuted or it could cost you your life. Secondly, they didn't have church buildings. They didn't have a place where they can all come like we experience today. Yet, the body of Christ still grew in amazing numbers. And they grew without the two things that you and I thrive on today in being a Christ follower. We have the freedom to come together, and I'm so thankful for that because I recognize that freedom isn't free. And I know that there have been men and women that have fought for that freedom, and we can enjoy that together. And we also have a church building that we can come together on a weekly basis to hear Pastor Jim on the weekend or on Wednesday night and as Pastor Mike uh, challenges us. We have that, but they didn't have that back then. So how in the world did they do it? How did they grow? How did they make things happen? Well, allow me to share some of the things in the scripture that we, where you can see chronologically how the church grew. First of all, it's going to be on the screens. You can follow along with me. You don't have to turn with me into, into these ver in, uh, to these verses. But in Acts chapter 1, it talks about the 120 people that were gather, gathered on the day of Pentecost. An amazing, uh, an amazing moment in the Christian faith where God brought, brought 120 people together. And from that, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And from that, they were charged and they went out and began to impact the world. In fact, in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, it says 3,000 were added to the roll. Then you go to 2, verse 47, the Bible says that people were added daily. Acts chapter 4, verse 4, talks about 5,000 men were added to the body of Christ. Now, if we know that there were 5,000 men, we could be rest, we, we are almost positive that we're, there could possibly be any, anywhere from 10 to 15,000 when you include women and children. And then, I love this, in Acts chapter 5, verse 14, it says that a multitude was added. I, if they use the word multitude, it's because they couldn't even count everyone. Kind of us, you know how us Latinos do when we have a party, and someone asks you, how many people were there? There was, there was a lot of people. There was just a multitude. They couldn't even count them. And they said that there was a multitude there. And then in Acts chapter 6, verse 1, speaks of going from addition to multiplication. So even in the, the circumstances that the early church had, they didn't have a church building. It was illegal. They were under persecution. Yet they still grew. The fastest growing that, uh, that the body of Christ has ever seen happened in the book of Acts. So how in the world did they meet? Acts chapter 5 verse 42 says this. Day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. It clearly says it right there, that they met in temple courts in houses. First of all, temple courts, they didn't meet inside the temples because they were too small. They had to meet in the courts because they were huge, where, where literally you could put thousands and thousands of people. But then they took it a step forward, they took it one more step, and they met from house to house. And that's what I want to concentrate on and really challenge you with this afternoon, that we want you to break it down beyond the weekend service and find a place to get plugged into. And you can do that by maybe helping us lead a life group or join a life group. Now, let me share with you the, the heart of what I want to accomplish today in this message. Here's the goal. 
I want you, because I believe there are people that are apprehensive to maybe lead a life group or join a life group. And here's, here's really the altar call or the response to this message that I want you to take, I want you to consider, is to take that step and find a life group where you can get plugged into or if God has been tugging at your heart to help us lead one, that you'll connect with our church and you'll take that step to help us to take on and starting one of your own life groups. So that's the altar call. So as I kind of talk through this, I want you to really allow the Holy Spirit to tug at your heart because, again, we don't want you to be isolated. But in order to do that, I began to think this week, well, what could be some reasons why people don't attend life groups or maybe lead life groups? And I came up with a list of myths of life group, and I want to share some of them with you today. First of all, the first myth could be this. Once you attend one group, you're committed to that group for the next 10 years. Now, listen, that's false. It's only nine years, okay? <laughs> no, listen, here's, and I've heard Pastor Jim say this a number of times. We want you to, if you go to a life group and you get there and it's just, there's not the chemistry for whatever reason or the day they meet is not good for you, the time they meet is not good for you, that's okay. Go to two or three or four life groups, find a place, but don't just give up there or don't feel like you're going to offend the leader if you don't come back. That's not what we're about. We want you to be connected to your purpose. And if you attend a life group and it just doesn't work for you for whatever reason, cool. But go find one. Go beyond that. Another one, another myth of a life group is that you must bring fajitas every time you meet. Now, that is true. That, that's absolutely true. No. But one of the things that the early church did is when they came together, they broke bread. And if you've been around the church a long time, you know when God's people come together, we're going to eat. But here's what Scripture says. Acts chapter 2, verse 46 Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. So, we, you know, one of the things that we do when we fellowship is we begin to, whether it's through a meal or through a conversation, relationships begin to form. And that's what we want for you. You know, another, another myth may be why you won't maybe uh, attend a life group or be in charge is you feel like if you show up, someone's going to put me in charge. No, that's not true. That's false. We're not going to put you in charge. But however, we are convinced today that in this room, in this auditorium, that each and every one of you has a gift that God is wanting to cultivate. Each and every one of you has something to add to the body of Christ. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, God has given each of you a gift from the, from the great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have a gift of speaking? Then speak as God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all your strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. You may not, we're not going to put you in charge right away, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't want to use you in a very mighty and special way. Know that each and every one of us have something to add to the body of Christ. And you're going to, if you were to come to my life group, you're going to bring something to the table that I can't bring. And that's what makes the body of Christ amazing and powerful. Now, these next two myths really go hand in hand. One, it's this, that you must know a lot about the Bible and you must spend 10 hours of study time preparing to lead one. That's false. 
Can I tell you, we want to resource you. We're, not, we're, also, we're gonna train you to lead a life group, but we're also gonna give tools in your hands to help you do, to, to help you have a successful life group. There, you can do that through a number of ways. You can contact the church office, talk to, to Fernando Castillo, our life group di- director. He can put resources in your hands to help you to do what God has called you to do. Do you know that every time on our app, Right now, at the end of every message, every weekend with Pastor Jim and every Wednesday night with Pastor Mike, there are life group questions there waiting for you so you can keep the conversation going beyond beyond a Wednesday night or weekend. We will resource you. Another uh, Another myth is that your life group must be at least 50 people. That's false. It's not about how big it is. That's certainly not it. The reality is we are a crowd today. And in a crowd, it is so easy to get lost. It's easy to kind of slip away. And that's when we become isolated. It's so easy to come to church and you're going to be blessed. You're going to receive God's word. You're going to experience the presence of God. But if you don't connect, it's easy to slip away. And what we do in life groups helps you to stay connected. It helps you to grow closer to one another. And we want that to happen for you we want that to, to, that to be inside of your heart, that you know that you are going to have relationships built with one another. Another one could be this. You must be an open book. That's false. I think sometimes people think that if I go to a small group, that I'm going to have to tell them all of my struggles. That's not what it's about. But what we hope happens, that when you attend a life group, you begin to develop relationships that you can talk with people, that you can call someone in the middle of the day and just say, hey, listen, I need you to pray for me. I'm going through something that's just stretching my life right now. To begin to develop those types of friendships that are going to help you beyond the weekend. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. You know, to this day, there are, a, there are at least three to four people that I can call on, friends that I've grown up, friends that are part of this church that I know that will be there in a heartbeat if I needed them. That's what the body of Christ is all about. And we're convinced that that can happen when you get connected to a life group. Now, these last two are not on your notes, but I added them. Um, I can't bring value to it. That's false. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7 says this, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. You bring value by just showing up because you matter to God. And the last thing I want to share is that they, need to be, that they need to meet at a certain time, place, or day. That's false. Now listen, if you want to have a life group that meets at 5 a.m. in the morning, go for it. And you can invite me. I may not show up. I'll encourage you from bedside assembly. But if you want to have a 5 a.m. Um, life group, go for it. Listen, my life group that I was a part of last year, we were a soccer team. We played co-ed soccer on Sunday nights. We had great uniforms. We looked good on the field. We didn't win one game, but we looked good. And we were doing it for Jesus, and that's all that mattered. Listen, a life group doesn't have to be at a certain place, at a certain time, on a certain day. You can be creative and find something that, that, that other people are interested in. There's always the ones that are the traditional Bible studies, but then you can have one that you can go in in special interest groups. Find something. Use where God has gifted you for the kingdom. And what a great example of Antonio Daniels 
how God used for all those years in the NBA, and now he's using those things that he learned as a professional athlete for the kingdom of God. That's what it's about right there. That's what it's about right there. You, you can develop a life group that is tailored, that can do something incredible for the kingdom. You know, along the, the California coastline, as I begin to come to a close, you know, there are some of the largest or living organisms in the world. They're the redwood trees. They can go up as high as 300 feet in the air, some of them at maybe 40 feet around. They, they can live, some of them are as old as 250 years, years old. And you know what's interesting about those trees is that they grow in groves. They grow in small areas. And their roots are completely intertwined with one another. That is to say, if their roots do not intertwine and connect, they will not grow. I believe that's what, it, what God is what I'm wanting you to hear today. If you are not intertwined in the body of Christ, you will not grow spiritually. God wants you to take your experience with God beyond the weekend message. And one of the ways that you can do that is to get connected in a life group. Find a place where you can lead. Why should you be a part of a life group? Why should you lead a life group? For this simple statement, God never intended for you to journey alone. And right now, I'm going to introduce to you a family with an incredible testimony that really displays the heartbeat of this message of why we want you to be a part of a life group. Please direct your attention to the screens. Everything was about to fall apart. I did not know God's plan. I didn't know where he was about to take me. And I wanted it to be easier, and it wasn't. It was very hard um, the whole time. I hated it. It actually started in Florida. We were stationed there, and of course, you know, we're away from our own family, so it was just us and the girls, and I got my diagnosis for pancreatic cancer. Um, our Florida family stepped up right away. They stood in the gap for us. Initially, we were nervous to just share it with anybody, the diagnosis, but they stepped up. It was just a blessing. I had no idea, no idea that the Lord would move that way in our lives. After her bout with pancreatic cancer, <clears throat> uh, we shortly got orders back here to uh, San Antonio and uh, we got involved, we got connected because we knew the value of being connected with the church family and we didn't want to go too long without being connected to the church family. Because at our last church, we led small group for a long time. So small group was just part of who we are as a family. We were at the church for about a year and a half when I was diagnosed with cancer again, and this time it was breast cancer. I tried many times to just prep myself and hype myself up and trying to work out and okay, I've got this. And, and then chemo started and it was even worse. I was very fearful for my life, for my energy, even my hair, my girls, everything was about to fall apart and I was no longer able to plan anything. I had to stop. It changed everything. It changed the way I was as a wife. It changed the way I was as a mom. And I wanted to give up. I never gave up. It's like I was holding on by a thread. Even though we were going through another difficult storm, we had people, again, standing in the gap for us, uh, being there for us, supporting us. Um, there were times when we were just receiving meals 
upon meals and uh you know i could see the evidence in my waistline it was just it was <laughs> it was great i mean we were being so blessed and um you know god just showed us even in the midst of the storm that he's always going to be there for us well what we have to do is be keep our faith and be involved um you know it's so easy to sit back and think oh you know I'm going through this or I'm going to, it's so easy to be selfish when you're in a situation where you're dealing with difficulty, but um, having those other Christians around you, having other uh, godly influence around you, not only were we benefiting from that, you know, we were able to encourage others who maybe have been going through something uh, difficult and they didn't even know where to start. Doctors claimed I was cancer free and I'm believing I am cancer free. You can call it remission, but I'm believing I'm cancer free. So, cancer free. <laughs> Things that just really have stuck out in this testimony of Rodney and Sophia James. First of all, first of all, thank God that she's cancer-free. We give all the honor and glory to the Lord for that. Amen. But I love what I heard Rodney say. He said, we knew the value of being connected to the church. I said, there it is right there. That's the heartbeat of this message and really the heartbeat of this entire month. We want you to be connected. I found this quote this, this week that I think is powerful. It's by a man by the name of Edmund Hillary who climbed Mount Everest, and he said this, you'd be foolish to attempt to climb Mount Everest by yourself. You simply can't do it without a team. You can't do it without a small group to support you. And I tell you, in life, there are many Mount Everest that we have to climb. There are many challenges that we have to climb. And just taking the words of this man, you'd be foolish to try to do it alone because that God never intended for you to journey alone. So here's the altar call again. Here's the response that I want you to think about, but also take your two feet and take a step towards. If God is calling you to help start a life group, attend the life group uh, training. The information, you can call the church, the information's in the guide. If God is tugging at your heart to begin a life group, partner with us, we'll help you get there. But secondly, and probably most importantly, if you're someone that attends and you know that you should be a part of a life group, would you take a step of faith and find one? Would you go on, do you know that you can go on the app right now and you can go to next steps, grow, join a group, and then click list all the life groups and a map of San Antonio is gonna come up and you're gonna see all these dots representing totally, to, so many different types of life groups where you can get connected. The tools are there, but you have to respond, not to me, not to Pastor Jim, not to Westover Hills, but to the Lord, because we don't want you to journey alone. Would you bow your heads with me as I pray? Dear Lord, I just thank you today for your goodness and your grace. God, I thank you, God, for allowing us to come together as the body of Christ, as one body, to worship you. God, we're encouraged, dear Lord, by your presence. We're encouraged, dear Lord, by having time to praise and worship. But God, I recognize in my walk with you, Lord, God, that beyond the weekend service, Lord, I need people in my life that are speaking into me. 
And God, it's my prayer as one of their pastors that right now your Holy Spirit would begin to pierce hearts, that you would begin to call people that, that, that need to start a life group, that you would begin to encourage those that need to, get the, to take a step to be a part of a life group. God, because you so desire, dear Lord, to be with them every step of the way, God. And being isolated is not an option in walking with you. And so, God, I pray, dear Lord, God, that after today, when we conclude from this service, God, that you would just encourage many families, many couples, dear Lord, many singles to take that step to lead or to be a part of a life group, God. Father, it's my prayer, Father, as we just take on yet another week in this life, that you would just give us the strength that we need and that we would live beyond the weekend service, that we would stay connected to the body of Christ. And one of the ways that we can do that, Lord, is through life groups, by being with the body of Christ throughout the week. So God bless your people. Strengthen them this week. Let them have a great week in you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, Amen and amen. Would you just give the Lord praise right now? Amen.